Use the force, Luke. Let go, Luke. The force is strong in this one. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. And the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force, the force is with me. I'm one with the force and the force is with me. The force will be with you. Always. Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll figure it out. We'll use the force. That's not how the force works. <laughs> the weekly pseudo-academic roundtable of pop culture analysis with breaking and swearing. My name is Christopher Maverick, but you can call me Mav, and I am once again here with my co-hosts, Hannah and Katya. How's it going, guys? Hey! Feels like I've not been here for, like, decades. <laughs> uh, you've been busy. <sighs> I guess you didn't have Santa bot. <laughs> I'm still caffeinating, man. I'm not prepared. I'm in a different time zone, guys. This is going to be an interesting show. We're all in a different time zone. Oh, yeah, we're all in different time zones. Oh, yeah, we are. Fancy. So time travel is real, guys. <sighs> time travel is real when you, when you edit podcasts all the time. It's very confusing. Um, well, <sighs> it's, it's Christmas time, and so now we're going to discuss that grand Christmas tradition of Cats, because there's a new Cats movie, right? Is that that's what we're doing today? Yes. We all loved it. <laughs> uh, we've all seen it. Oh, uh, now everybody just turned the show off. <laughs> well, if we're not going to discuss cats, uh, what are we going to do instead? <laughs> we're, it, clearly, it is not Christmas season. It is Star Wars season. Which actually is Christmas season. <laughs> no, it's Star Wars season. My, my sister got into an argument with me on last year's podcast about cheesy Christmas movies because I said that our family tradition was to go see Star Wars and watch Star Wars at Christmas, and she took issue with that. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Star Wars is kind of like a weird Christmas movie in the sense that it's like pseudo, it's like a pseudo theodicy. So like, I'm okay with that. There's a holiday special. I guess there's sort of an immaculate conception. (laughs) Pretty lights. Right. There's a bunch of weird, like touchy feely, vaguely religious stuff going on there and some like vaguely messianic things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should talk about all of that, but first, let's get the guest in because this is this is going to be a a weird show, I think, with a lot of interesting feelings and thoughts on it. So, for people who don't know, who might not be listening to this the the week that it comes out, we are recording this either one to two days after everyone in this room or virtual room has seen Star Wars Episode Nine: The Rise of Skywalker, the final ish movie in the Star Wars saga. You know, until the next it's one. The final- movie of this arc sure let's go with that <laughs> sure well it's, it's the last one ever really there's no more star wars except for there's a tv show right yeah. on right now called the mandalorian which is great um but anyway so we're gonna i still haven't seen it i need this. to see it i want to see baby yoda yeah that's the if best you, part the good yeah. part i know yeah. anyway for our listeners if you've not seen 
Star Wars Episode Nine yet. We're going to spoil the fuck out of it. So come back next week, write us a five star review. But for everybody else who has seen it or who doesn't mind the spoilers that we are undoubtedly going to give, we should introduce our guest rejoining the show. Anonymous of Anonymous today. No, your, uh. your voice is recognizable. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want the, 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 the Star Wars haters coming after me. That's I'm pretty sure it's going to be me. Yeah. Okay. Re- to, be, to be fair, also, Steph, even if you would buy Anonymous, the Star Wars, the Star Wars diehards would Don't find your you. name, uh, they would dox okay. you, and then they will show up in front of your house. <laughs> <laughs> There's no safety. Uh, okay, yeah. we have to move now. <laughs> well, so my, my wife, Steph, is here. Hey, Steph. <laughs> Hello. And Hannah's boyfriend, Josh, is here. Hey, Josh. Hi, everyone. So we all saw Star Wars. I, I've se- I've seen it twice, actually. Um, I think everybody else has seen it once. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. What, what, During you a think? powder power outage. Are we oh just yeah, yeah. <laughs> We saw what was what we we saw the so, power outage stuff. Oh gosh, I Cap- forget. Captain Marvel power. Went oh out in the middle. yeah, yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, that's right. And I ours was ours was the beginning, and then thankfully the Jedi in the back. I think like used the Force to make everything okay. Because <laughs> yes, there were dudes at eleven o'clock in the morning. There were there were there were Jedi. And I was like, that is dedication. Yeah, ours was um ours wasn't just a power outage when it when it happened. Um the there was a fire alarm and they had right, to evacuate the building. Right. Yeah. And then they forgot oh, to like turn the sound on the movie when we came back. And <laughs> so I felt all heroic and inspired by Captain Marvel and I went off and like found someone who could fix the problem. Yeah. Nobody uh, knew. When I saw Attack of the Clones for the first time, halfway through the movie, the projector died and they couldn't fix it. So we had to go home without finishing it. And I was so upset. (laughs) Oh, no. Anyway, so maybe we should go around in a circle and talk about our feelings. Okay. well, we Uh, should first say, say I guess it's a hard question. Did you like it or not? Yes. Uh, Okay. So we expand on the answer. We've pre-gamed this episode somewhat with (laughs) debates. And I think like, I don't know, my my sense, my 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 view. And this is like talking to other people. I think um, like my family and a few other people who've seen it. This seems like not completely controversial. I enjoy the movie as a Star Wars movie, as a just movie. It's not great. But as like a Star Wars movie and as part of the somebody who knows the story, has seen all the movies and like grew up with this. I enjoyed it. Okay. I think it was great. It was fun. Uh, you know, there were cute, adorable things. There were great robots. There were like pithy one-liners. Like as a movie, if you take it out of the Star Wars franchise, it is disjointed. The plot is yeah. mediocre at best. And the problem is also, and this is I think just a challenge of having something like Star Wars because I think Avengers also has this problem sometimes too. Sometimes. Is when you have a movie franchise, it's that long. If you haven't seen all or at least most of the other movies. Nothing makes sense. Okay. If you had to give it a star reading or thumbs up, thumbs down, if you had to, is, is it a recommend or a not recommend? I think it's a recommend with the caveat of you have to enjoy Star Wars. Because if okay. you don't enjoy Star Wars, you won't enjoy the movie. And I think if you enjoy what Star Wars is, you'll enjoy the movie. Okay. That's my, that's my read. Like it's kind of its own, like Star Wars has always kind of been like its own thing. I think that's fair. Hannah? Okay, so first of all, Revenge of the Sith is the worst Star Wars movie, and Solo is the most boring. Just gonna throw that out there. Um, (laughs) And I was gonna get doxxed. Whatever. It's fine. Um, (laughs) No, no, no. Not on that one, she won't. Yeah. To throw out about this. I mean, honestly, I think it's about as good as Endgame is as a movie. 
and which like you wouldn't think that if you looked at the Rotten Tomato scores, it's way better than Ad Astra, which is the worst space movie. I enjoyed it. I liked it. Like I they did some things that I didn't like. And I said directly, I would be mad. It would ruin Star Wars forever for me. Like in my exaggerated dramatic way before, like even on this show, I've talked about what I wanted to happen and some things I got and some things I didn't. And you know what they did in such a way that I can like live with it slash still enjoy the movie. And I want to say, can I, I'm going to just give like a big spoiler now. So warning, get out, get out, get out. I knew (laughs) back when the force awakens came out that Harrison Ford would be back with the finale in some way. And I was right. And I was pleased. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I loved it. I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's like the greatest movie ever for all of you snobs, but like, what is a good movie anyway? And I, I just, I felt oh, like I was ten again. I mean, I mean, I cried at the last Jedi premiere last time whenever I saw a bunch of little girls dressed as Ray, and it just, it means so much to me as a franchise. And I know it's not good. All of the movies are messy, with maybe the exception of absolutely. And like, you just have to embrace the weirdness of Star Wars, and I just, I, I love it so much. Anyway, I'm going to stop talking now. Aww. <laughs> Josh, what about you? So I went with Hannah, and I had, I, I enjoyed myself. It was an in, entertaining movie. I, I'm kind of the opposite of Katya. I thought it was a decent movie and a bad Star Wars movie. But okay. I've had that, I've had that <laughs> oh, same, interesting. Okay. I've had that same vibe about most of the sequel trilogy. It's just, there's just this frustrating lack of imagination throughout all three movies. <laughs> and but it isn't what you mean by imagination. You're talking about plot difference. But sure. I think also, like... We're just retreading I, on nostalgia okay. and, and past story beats. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think that's also part of what Star Wars is. A little bit. Like, Star Wars is always recycling itself. Yeah, a little bit. Steph, what about you? So I have really two separate answers to your question. That's fine. Um, the first part of the movie, uh, it the scenes just jumped so quickly and nothing yeah. was developed and it just felt like ridiculous <laughs> to me. But it did get better. It did start like improving. And by the end, I have to say that I did get teary eyed at the very end. I'm not going to give away any like what happened at the very end, but I, I did get teary eyed. <laughs> now, with the caveat here that of the, of the um, five of us, stuff is the least star warsy of a fan right like you, you you're like oh i've seen these movies they're fine yeah yeah i guess yeah so. i i grew up in the 70s and in, i guess i should be the target <laughs> audience but i was always more into charlie's angels i guess maybe the feminist thing there weren't it, the original movies didn't yeah well, i guess i guess princess leia yeah but she was always getting captured and in need of rescue <laughs> so she really wasn't the protagonist so I never really yeah, quite got into okay. that as much as a lot of my All right. fellow Gen Xers, I guess. Yeah, I I am. <laughs> I feel very much and I am a Star Wars fan and I felt very much like like Josh and like Katia did. I, I, I mean, and I, I realized they said slightly opposite sides of, sides of the thing. I would probably state it the way Katya did, which is I I thought it was a bad movie. I but I enjoyed myself a lot, particularly the first time I saw it. And I've seen it twice now. I saw it um, Thursday night with um, Maximilian, who does our theme music. He and I went and then Friday afternoon. Steph, Steph went because Steph's like I'm. I'm not staying up past midnight to watch that movie. I would fall asleep. <laughs> so, yes. so I, 
Yeah, I've seen it twice now. And um, so how does it hold up to it? Because one of my thoughts. Yeah. One of my thoughts is like, this is not an eminently rewatchable movie unless you're watching like a marathon of all of them. um, It's not. And one of the things that one of the things that does improve by watching it twice, because there there are there is something Um, the second time through some of the stuff that bothered me the first time doesn't bother me as much because I'm just like, all right, like there, like I know how it's going to end now and uh, my problems with it. Uh, so here, here we can get into talking about it. My first point of, of problem was um, the opening scroll. The movie sets up, opens up and we know mm. nothing. I, by the way, I went out of my way more so than ever to not read anything on this movie. I knew there was episode nine. I knew what the Rotten Tomato score was. I didn't read a single review. I went out of my way to avoid spoilers for the last six months. I, I didn't want to know anything because even unlike Marvel movies, um, Star Wars fans will fuck you over <laughs> with spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, like, Same. Yeah, yeah, they will, they they will fuck you over. They will tell you. I mean, people are like camping out in trees outside of Disney with binoculars <laughs> looking for shit. And and I was just like, fuck you all. I just want to enjoy the movie. Do not take this from me. It's been forty years, forty two years. Do not take this from me. So I went out of my way to not learn anything. Um, here's what I knew. Yeah. I knew Carrie Fisher was dead, and I knew that was going to be a problem. <laughs> like that, mm-hmm. like that. And and I knew I knew some behind the scenes business stuff. Like I knew that they'd fired a couple of directors over it i like i like I, I knew that there were issues but i didn't know any plot details and that was intentional and we go in right. and the opening scroll comes by and it's star wars episode nine um the rise of skywalker and everybody in the, so thursday night these are the hardcore fans everyone applauds the opening scroll and then it says um the dead speak emperor palpatine has been speaking i'm like and i turn lean over to max and i go okay that's a problem <laughs> like like we're now two seconds in the movie and i'm being disappointed by the opening scroll because with the previous movies including a new hope which was you know episode four which was filmed decades before episode three the scrolls sort of make sense sort of easing you from one part of the story to the next part of the story yes the, the opening yeah. scroll to this i'm like that's not where we are in this story what are they like what are they talking about it's and, also- and, yeah, it's poorly like, written. You guys too. are bigger, bigger Star Wars people than I am. So, like, mm-hmm. my initial impression with that was similar to Mavs. Was like, okay, this was poorly written, but also like they're usually much longer, right? Yes, they are usually they are usually not much longer, but but they are they're usually longer. But they're like size paragraphs, right. seems about right. Like, there's more than yeah. like what three paragraphs or whatever it was. Well, they're usually oh, so we're talking about opening scroll. Can can yeah. I just say that Josh found a typo in the Last Jedi's opening scroll? There's a I think I think there's a typo. We watched it a couple of nights ago, and I think there's a subject verb agreement error in like the second paragraph. <laughs> Nerd. So it's not. It's not just. It's not just Rise of Skywalker yeah. that's got some issues with it. Cool. Yeah, it's sure. It and but, but I, it was like, it was not a helpful scroll. Like it was well, just like this helpful, is weird. No, no, it's helpful in that if you don't buy into these three paragraphs, this movie is fucked for you. And that was and and the first yeah. time I was watching it, I was just like, wait a minute, and because it's not so. Here, here's the big spoiler from the trailers. Which again, I was trying to avoid plot details from the trailers. You know, Emperor Palpatine's back, and I thought this movie was like, oh, this is going to be weird. It's going to be all about how did Emperor Palpatine um show, uh, come back. To or anything like no he just he just is back and he's back from the very beginning and you better buy into this because because the movie relies on it and what i think happened was i think um i think they didn't have a roadmap for this movie 
love or hate George Lucas, the first six movies make sense together. People might um, not like all of them. No, no, I mean, no. that's not. Oh, that's boy. Right. No, oh, no. Boy. no, they don't. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm not saying okay. they're well written. I'm, uh, and no, I'm, I'm saying, saying they don't fit well together. I'm saying that the prequels oh, do not fit. Let me make my point first and see if you still disagree with me, because right. I don't think I don't think they're well written. I don't think they're well directed, particularly the ones that, that Lucas directed by himself. But I think that he had an overarching plan for a myth in his head that made sense. Like, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying it made sense. Like he had he had an idea of how things were going to flow, like where he was going to go from episode one to episode six. No. And I don't think he I don't think he nailed it, but I think there there was a plan, whereas episodes seven, eight, and nine were clearly written as they go. That because, is what he did. Yeah, what do you say? That is what George Lucas did. Like he no, like you No, I, I know. I, I know. But, but I think I think Matt like, has a point is the idea right. if it's like if it's primarily coming from the mind of Lucas, like there is right. A certain amount of like narrative consistency, consistency and awareness appearance. of like, yeah. well, here's yeah, consistency here's is maybe over over shooting it, but like, no, Palpatine wasn't supposed to be in this movie. Clearly, JJ went, fuck, he killed Snoke. What do I do in this movie now? And so he's like, well, they killed Snoke. I'll just bring back another one who's exact. Like, I think that had Ryan Johnson not made this movie, not made his movie in episode eight, JJ would have just had Snoke, the major villain in this movie. But he had to massage things in such a way that it was just confusing. And it bothered me less the second time through because I was just like, I'm going to not try to figure it out because I know there's no answer to this. But the first time it fucked me over. And I and that and that and that was like my first issue with it. I think it would have been a more from like a, as okay, and this is again like there's two different sides of this. This is like the movie as a movie and the movie as a Star Wars movie. But as a movie, like I wanted to see the like how the fuck like I assumed there was going to be much more of like you know Kylo Ren's running around trying to resurrect Palpatine, but no, he yeah he's no. just there, and it's like he's well, there. so there's less, there's like a lot less plot to work with because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, here I want I want to go back and just. I, I'm not saying that this is not messy. Mm-hmm. What I want to say is the prequels and the original series, like, I mean, yes, they like may have been slightly more coherent because it was like one man's vision and he mm-hmm. was like guiding and massaging things. So it worked. But like, even if you just watch the original series, mm-hmm. you can tell like they were like, oh, like Luke and Leia are twins now. We're making this up as we go yeah. along. And we like can use like, yes. and they, like oh, absolutely. they cleverly use some narrative like, um, massaging of like Obi-Wan saying things like, well, I sort of told you the truth. It's like from a different perspective. And you're like, okay, fine. I'm going to go with this. No. But the prequels <laughs> to the original series do not cohere. In fact, I'm really mad to this day about one reason I hate Revenge of the Sith among many, which we can get into not now, is that <laughs> George Lucas knew where he needed to go to make sense. And he just didn't. He like, right may create so many plot holes in Revenge of the Sith that honestly, I am more happy to accept like this rant, like this random like resurrection of Palpatine and just like accept it as like, oh, it's just wacky Star Wars-ness than I am when, you know, dumb like Padme died of a broken heart and Leia just remembers her <laughs> through the force instead of like actually like growing up as part of the rebellion and Padme doing stuff that's cool which is another reason I don't forgive Revenge of the Sith because Padme was <laughs> semi-confident interesting and then she was just like a reproductive body in the third one who got choked <laughs> out by her husband yeah. anyway whatever I'm over no, it. Well, yeah, I'm yeah, never gonna be over it. well I think yeah, you're never gonna be over it but I think yeah. I think Hannah makes a good point is it's like 
I think that there's a certain degree to which you have to like understand that like this is a Star Wars movie and Star Wars movies are kind of famously messy and mm-hmm. full of gaping plot holes. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and I, I will agree with Hannah wholeheartedly that uh, that episode three of the of the nine primary films, Sith is the worst. It, it's the it's the it's pointless. Isn't that like universally <laughs> it's, it's, acknowledged? It's, it's, no, yeah. no, no, no. Of the prequels, oh, it's, it's, okay. it's, it's, usually, it's usually people's favorite of the prequels, hmm. and they're wrong. It's really? like, number three, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah, and um, um, the the people's least favorite. So my favorite movie of each of the three series is always the second one in the series, and which mean which people will agree with me on on Empire. Um, split people. People are split on this this most recent sequel series. Um, almost everyone hates the middle movie. Hates Attack of the Clones of the prequels. I think it's the best yeah. of the three prequels. I, I actually I would agree with you on Attack of the yeah. Clones, especially if you remove the romantic scenes from your mind because they are what yes. really bring the film down. I mean, every time Star Wars tries to do romance, I just kind of want right. to like go off stage left. Well, like, I think I think one thing, and I've said this before. I I think um, Christensen and um, and Portman have very very poor chemistry with each other, and that hurts. Oh, absolutely, the film. it's also weird to me that he was so much younger than she was. He was like a child. I don't know. Is that, am I the only one that's he bothered by that? No, it's, it's because it's because. He he was like nine, and she was like fourteen, yeah. and she was yeah. like, "I'll just always remember you as a little boy in the yeah, second one." Yeah, and yeah. And he also like, it is weird. Yeah, there's like a five year age difference, which yeah. is yeah, ours. and he's nineteen, and, that's a and big she's twenty. Developmental gap. <laughs> that, yeah. That, well, yeah, yeah. But it's because it's because of experience, not yeah. because yeah, it's because right. he's nineteen and she's twenty four. It's not because she's older. It's because he's still basically a child and acts like one in a lot of ways. And mm-hmm. she's and she's right. in government. <laughs> you know, she's like, yeah, she's right. Like, yeah, yeah, that's the other thing is also even aside from the age, it's like she's expected to like lead a planet yeah. from like <laughs> a young age. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's yeah, it's weird. It, it it is. It's it's bizarre. It doesn't like that hurts it. And um, I think Natalie Portman's one of my favorite actresses. But one of the one of Natalie mm-hmm. Portman's biggest weaknesses as an actress is if she doesn't have chemistry with her co-star, she phones it. In. Oh yeah, she, she phoned she, it in on that one. She phoned. She phoned. Yep. She like she. It, wait, she it was this. Yeah, it was the same reason I mm-hmm. disliked her. Yeah, in 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 Thor. Yes, it's like I really love Natalie Portman, but I'm just like this is so awkward. Yeah. She should not have a co-star. Or no, co-star. well, no, she no. If she's into the person, it works. When does it? When does it work? Just give one example. Black Swan. I mean, <laughs> yeah, Black Swan. Black Swan. Um, the, the, yeah, I know, but did she one, have a romantic? Mila Kunis. Yes, it's oh, amazing. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, okay, so she needs a female. <laughs> no, well, uh, and I mean, it's it is to give you the exact thing where we're talking about the problematic um, issue of um, of the age gap between Christensen and Portman, or not, or Jake Lloyd and Portman versus Christian. Um, she has a huge age gap with Jean Renault and the professional. She nails it. It's creepy as hell. And it's supposed to be because that's the movie. Um, it's not a great movie, but she sells it in um in we in our one episode where we talked about this movie. She sells it very well with Ashton Kutcher in mm. um in that movie. Again, not a great movie, but she worked mm, because watch that. Yeah, because she's um uh, in uh what is it, uh, Friends with Benefits or or No Strings Attached. I can't can't remember. Which no, it's no strings no attached, point. and I would disagree with you, but that's fine. Yeah, anyway, it's, we yeah. should move to Star Wars. Yeah, side point. Yeah, so anyway, so there's that issue with it. And 
I like, I think one of the things that people don't like about it, about the plot of, of Attack of the Clones, is it the most political of all the movies? Because what you find out is this great space war was actually all about, you know, trade tariffs and like, and, and term limits because like that's how wars work <laughs> and you, you know it's it's all about this political yeah. intrigue and that hmm. and and then this was and now and this is tying back into this movie um this movie sort of hunts on all that and is like no the great space war is because emperor is evil yeah <laughs> right that's another problem and it's I just, had, which... he's just evil for evil's sake which is what jj liked about star wars and what a lot of people liked about star oh. wars not me I like that it was about, you know, I like that we're, you know, we have, oh, we're, we're talking about campaign finance reform. We're talking about, <laughs> we're yeah. talking well, about fair building. <laughs> like now that we're adults, we like to have reasons. <laughs> yeah. So. Right. But I think that's on. part of like the, that like, so we, like one of the things we, we've like, talk, like talked about our pregame is like the genre of Star Wars and how that plays in people's expectations, because like. Part of that is like the whole like good for good versus evil, like the force and like the balance and everything like it's not a, like it's like I understand why there's this backlash against sort of like the political aspects of 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 of, of the Clone Wars movie where it's like mm-hmm. what people enjoy is like the very simplistic black and white mythic like Hannah called an Arthurian legend like sort yeah. of story. It's a kid's story. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like it is the kind of story you tell like. A kid, which I think is part of why we all have these like, I mean, we like all of us, I think, of right, we like, like, we all grew up with Star Wars in one way or another, whether we're attached to it or not. Like, even I'm not a big Star Wars fan, particularly, but I've seen all I've seen all the movies and like going and watching it, especially watching with my dad, who like saw the very first movie opening night, like it was a cool like this is a it's not just a movie. It's also like everyone's coming of age kind of like narrative and along with the mythic thing it's like going back to your childhood josh mm-hmm. kind you, of garbled you anyway. made this point originally about um you know sort of the opposite view what was your what were your problems or slash saving graces with it i i agree with you about the emperor being evil just for evil's sake and in this movie and then his i had a lot of problems with the way the forces portray like they just seem to be making <laughs> up a lot of new powers without really any explanation. I'm fine with that, but like new, new powers are interesting, but they just keep throwing in new powers. Like, Oh, they can use force healing and teleportation. And apparently the emperor can now just blast an entire fleet out of the sky with, with force lightning, <laughs> which negates the entire fleet being there in the first place. And like what, there's just no consistency to it or, or like limits. Yeah. It just looks cool, which is, I think the problem with most of the prequel, the sequel movies. Now to be fair, I think that like the teleportation, it, like between uh, Ray and Kylo Ren, can come from like their bond, and like that was set up in the second. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah, you can. I yeah, think that like, the, the implication is that that's. I think the teleportation and the healing powers are unique to them. Well, well no, the healing powers I mean, aren't. The healing powers literally appeared. I mean, okay, spoilers for Mandalorian. But the healing powers literally appeared in the last couple of episodes of Mandalorian in a, I mean, and by the way, it works better there, but it very much was a, hey, we're going to need to use this. Can you please, you know, toss in some Jedi healing? The teleporting powers were. But even Palpatine says it's like it's it's like rare and happens because of their bond or whatever. It's inconsistent. That doesn't. Yeah, I can. I don't mind the teleporting so much. It, It works. Like the teleporting powers, I forgive mainly on the, like the aspect of visual spectacle. 
Like, I, I thought that was kind fine. of fun. Well, I didn't like it the first time, the second time, I was like, whatever. Fine. <laughs> I, was like, I was a big EU fan before they, they deep-sixed it. Um, yeah. So yeah, it messes with, like, canon, but like, I don't mind that so much. It looks cool. I just had a problem with a lot of these powers. It just They're clearly just making things up in this last movie in an attempt to make it mm-hmm. end. Mm-hmm. And I just, just, I just just like some of that. The thing that bothered me the most, and I think this is also true of a lot of the more recent films, is like they lean on the force way more to fill their plot holes. Like the yes. fact that like Ray just sort of like senses that Chewie is on the, like still alive. That's the stuff that bothers me. Because at least like in previous, like in the earlier Star Wars movies, there was at least some sense of like they figured things out and there was actual like knowledge that happened rather than just like the Jedi being like, aha, I now read the universe. Yeah. It, I mean, the force is always a plot contract. I mean, to be fair for me, I don't like the force and I don't remember Hannah, you said the best movie is, but the best movie in the series is rogue one is my favorite of the star Wars movies, except for rogue one. But in my mind, I turn it off. I turn off the last 15 minutes because once everybody who matters dies and they've, Get got in the plants. I don't care whether Darth Vader better battle. So, so I should weird. not have died. Yeah, it would have been a better movie I, I, if some of them had lived at least. Maybe I don't know. Don't well, that, I mean, again, none of them are none of them are great movies. Um, I I like that one. I like Empire. So I, I we have different different opinions. But what I love, one of the things I like about Rogue One is Rogue One is here is a dirty warlike galaxy, and there's an intergalactic war going on, and we are regular people making regular choices trying to get through this war. That's what I like about Rogue One. I don't need space wizards. Space wizards can exist, but they're they're less interesting to me. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I Rogue One is actually one of my favorites as well. Yeah, and running with that point, I, I actually really did like the, the kind of everyman elements of the Last Jedi. As people didn't like them, but I liked I liked the yes. ending. I liked the idea that the resistance is going to come from the ground up, and and people all over the galaxy who don't matter will become the new heroes. And then it doesn't really seem to matter that much in Rise of Skywalker. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna it make this argument. Oh no, I'm gonna okay. make an argument that it does a little bit. Okay. Because I <laughs> want it to. I'm gonna I'm gonna argue. Like like I think that like I'm not saying it was like done well, but I think that Abrams did continue this plot line to a degree because and I think that like also I wanna remind everyone that the final image of The Last Jedi is the little boy from the casino planet, like using the force With to bring the broom to him. So even like the force is being democratized in by like putting in like really minor characters. But I think that what Abrams was trying to do with Zori, uh, who's the new character played by Carrie Russell, who's an old friend of Poe's. Is it Zori? Um, I thought it was Nori. Is it Zori? Z- it's Zori. No, it's Zori. Okay, I thought it was Nori. I couldn't. Okay, fine. So Zori. So he's trying to Zori. And also, like when like Finn like has Lando like go put out a call to the galaxy, he's like asking for like people to uprise. And, like the dialogue is so hampered. They're like, those are just people. But they don't they don't show it though. They just tell you Lando's gone and done this thing, and he but comes they, back. But they with all the show up. Fleet. They show up with like people from all over. Like if you like know Star Wars like in, in a certain way super well, you'll see like spaceships from like Naboo. And like, Lando just pulls yeah. out his little black and like, book, wait, and suddenly yeah. he has a fleet. I mean, look, look, you know, like, but like, you know, there there is some like idea that like <laughs> there there are people rising up because this is what they want to do. I want Star Wars to be Marxist, gosh darn it, and it will be. Like, I think, like, I was thinking about my like my dad and I were arguing about this about like this. He's like, this is the last movie. I'm like, no, it's not. Disney, no, this is way too. Star Wars is way too money much money. On, and I'm like, money on the table. I, there will be more I movies. Was, Oh, absolutely. It's, it's, like, it's, I was it's thinking, the building like, well, it is the last Skywalker movie. 
But no, but it's not because there's a new but Skywalker. I think, but I think that that would be and actually I. I doubt it's going to happen, but the way I think it would be really interesting for Star Wars to go is like, because they refer at the end, there's going to be all these basically like skirmishes with the last bits of the Empire. And I'm like, what does that look like? I'm like, I want to see that movie. Which is what I think less about like, yeah. well, where it's less about like the centralized, because I think like even, I think Hannah's point, I like, I take Hannah's point, but definitely. And I think part of this is just the limitations of filming. Like the emphasis at the end is always on the celebrations of the resistance specifically. Like you don't see, you don't really see like the combat happening. It's ref- like, ha- like, cause they reference combat happening on other planets and everything, but you don't see it and you don't see other people actually getting involved and you don't see, you don't see their faces for the most part. You see a few like shots of ships and things like that. But like, I think that would be a much more interesting movie. But part of the issue is that like, I think the the force the force fills in a lot of plot holes, but it also allows for better or worse for lazy writing, which I think is why the movies where there's less emphasis on the force tend to be stronger. Yeah. So from a non core fan perspective, I have to say that what I the message I liked most about the movie was this feeling of like there are more good people <laughs> than bad people. They they stated it very <laughs> simplistically, mm-hmm. I guess. But yeah, Lando exactly says it. Sometimes you just need that. There are more of us. (laughs) Right, and Zori says that. Zori's like, there's more of us. Yeah, but the thing that bothered me was um, was Ray's character and it kind of implied in the last movie that she was just a common yes. person <laughs> and so I, I like that and I Mav and I it. talked about that and we both agreed we, yes. we liked that and you know it's it's typical I guess of movies that like the, this is why I hated The Lion King okay here's another co- reason <laughs> for people to come and um, like stake out our house um, anyway <laughs> it's because like oh the, the message is that in order to be a great person Person and to do great things, you have to come from great genetics. Yeah. I hate that message. Yeah. I, like, I hate it so very, very much. And this movie just ruined that aspect yeah, my for me. Favorite, I don't, I, I, I recognize the problems of Last Jedi. They're not the problems that the internet at large whined about. Most of the people who were whining, eh, too much SJW. Those people are wrong. Um, my problems with The Last Jedi were that I felt like Johnson had too much story to tell for one movie, so he he rushed three movies together that he wanted to get out, and like mm-hmm. it just stuff needed breathing room in order for that movie. But some, but the things that yeah. he tried to do were interesting to me. He said, "We're going to burn this to the to the ground, and we're going to try to do new stuff. We're democratizing the force. Um, uh, we we are looking at new characters. We are. I mean, to me, Last Jedi was the most interesting that um, Star Wars had been since the very beginning because because Johnson was trying new things." And I think I've said on the show before um, the what Steph's just talking about the scene where you know where he says where he has Kylo say to Ray, "Yeah, your parents are nobody. They're you know they're crack whores who sold you for a fix." This is essentially what he tells her. You know, you literally come from nothing. You are not special. That is great to me because she becomes special. Mm-hmm. In the, she's, I'd rather see her be the lowest of the low rather than, yeah, you're the granddaughter of the of the the biggest bad guy. So of course you have magic space wizard powers. Mm-hmm. I, I'm more interested in her. I agree with Steph. So I have I have a little bit of pushback against that because I think the interesting thing about that is I I actually like that aspect of the story because it's about basically. I mean, because 
in a very ham-fisted way, she's the inverse of Kylo Ren's story, right? But I think that the, yeah. the nods that they have to her parents, actually, and basically the fact that her, so, like, implicitly, her parents elected to become, like, quote-unquote, normal people. Yeah. In order to save her. I think there is something, like, about that that's basically, like, okay, we are turning, like, we, because, I mean, it's implied that the, her her parents don't have any particular powers, or if they did, they didn't use them. Yeah. So the idea that they turn, hold hold on. So like the idea that they like turn their back on Palpatine in order to save their daughter, even though it's, it's their family too. Like, I think there is something meaningful about that. And also the idea that like, I mean, the force is always about like your destiny and especially for, I mean, in for, for the Skywalkers, it's about where you come from. And so the idea that Ray comes from Palpatine. So in the normal Star Wars canon, that means she's going to become a Sith Lord and doesn't do that, I think is like a cool plot line. Yeah, that that is cool. But the thing is that like the power lies in just these few lines of yeah. people. That bothers me. Yeah, I, <laughs> it doesn't, I, I, it doesn't regardless of whether it's good or bad. Sure, but also like global economies work that way. So But like at the end of Last Jedi, we have these like little boys who are like enslaved, um, like having force. Right, but powers. that doesn't come into like, play it's, at all. It's, I, I know, but like it's implied that the he's nobody and like he will eventually like, that there are people all around the galaxy. Also, it's implied in this movie that Finn might have force powers awakening and they admittedly don't do anything with that, but still yeah. a thing. And also, um, I, I agree with what Katya said. I also think that narratively, since JJ Abrams like implied that there was something big about her parents, they're they're like I, I do not blame them for like answering that question in a different way, even if I did I liked the fact that I did like that she was from nobody at the same time. It did feel a little unsatisfying because of how they set it up previously. They, they may have actually, yes. I, I was reading some articles and it sounds, some people were claiming that Ray was a Palpatine after the first, after the Force Awakens came out, like there were musical cues and her fighting mm-hmm. style was similar yeah. to, to Palpatine. So like, I think they planted the seeds for that to be revealed. It just came at such a late point in the series. It just confused well, everyone. I also want to point out that, like Ray, like Ray chooses from the moment that she we are introduced to her to be kind. The reason she becomes involved in the adventure is not because she's a Palpatine. It's because she chooses to help a droid instead of selling him for a lot of food mm-hmm. that she really, really needs. And I, I really appreciated how throughout the series, like people are always like, oh, if a character doesn't dramatically change by the end, then they're not a good character. But she chooses over oh, and over again wrong. as she's tested. <laughs> I know. They, I mean, it's because it's Ian Forster's fault because he did round black characters, but whatever. Um, like she chooses over and over again throughout all of the movies, even as she's tested, which is like also like cool character arcs, to be a good person and to like, you know, follow the path of the Jedi, but she doesn't actually follow the path of the Jedi in the same way that Luke and Anakin did. That's like very repressive and traditional. She like, like, I think like Luke's, um, like rejection of the traditional she Jedi. She often ignores direction. Yeah. And well, Luke, so well, all Luke, did. All, all three mean, main like, characters Luke, from all. Yeah. Yeah. But like Luke in The Last Jedi, like, is like very, like, you can tell he's suffering because of like the old, like, repressed feelings bits. And like, she like is more connected to things and trusts her. It's so stupid. The Jedi are always like, trust your feelings, but also can't, don't have any feelings and don't love anyone and just be like a version of like, yeah, be a star, basically. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, it. Yeah, I, but the thing is with Rey, I mean, her path is kind of the same as Luke Skywalker's, right? Because he had an evil father, it turns out. Yeah. So that, that's not different. I really still did want to see, especially if this this is the last of this nine 
you know, nine For now. part epic. Yeah, I, yes. I would have liked to have seen more in the way of aside from it was great that they all showed up at the end. Mm -hmm. But I would have liked to see them play like at least one non like. I don't know the word one character that didn't that wasn't related to Darth Vader or to, you know, the, the, the yeah. you know, Sith guy step up and have like, think, a, a well, real part in, in, in saving the universe. I think that's a different movie. Yeah. It, well, and that's I think that's a, because I was, no, I, it is. It is. Because I think like because this is this like this nine was the, the story of the Skywalkers and the Skywalker family. So in some ways, like. But they were trying to bring in some of that. Yeah. Well, Johnson cheated. It. The, right. What it comes down to is Johnson right. cheated. We like it, think, but he cheated. But ahead, but this is where I think I'm, I'm I think the series is going because it's like she's she's the last Jedi basically, which means if there's and but there's all these nods to like these other people who aren't traditionally Jedi mm -hmm. don't have like the traditional backgrounds have these powers. They're going to rebuild the Jedi. And it's going to be those people. Okay. So, like, so I think there, that's where the movie, franchise like, goes. Okay, if, if there's a next movie has that theme, then I will be extremely happy. Yeah, except for, oh, she yeah. Won't, except for I she would like to see that. Daisy Ridley, has a, Daisy Ridley has a career, so she won't be in it. Is what uh, actually, I don't okay. know if that's true, because I think that, like, they've, they've talked to, in preparation for maybe doing this again, hmm. like, hmm. The, act, the main actors of this series coming back in 10 or 20 okay. years. There's been, like, hints of it. Oh. And, I mean, mm. if, there, if she has to play a role like Luke or you know, Leia or Han played in this yeah. trilogy. I bet, like, they'd show up for a paycheck and, like, being supporting characters. Mm -hmm. Also, I really like that she chose the name Skywalker. Um, because, like, it, like you know, it is about the Skywalker family, but it turns out it's not actually about genetics. It's about choice. And she got to choose who she is and who her yeah. family is and who she connected with. Um, uh, but also, can we talk about the worst part of this movie, though? I have two things. So which which worst thing are you talking about? I told I told everyone I would be really mad if Raylo became an actual thing. Yeah, and I calmed yeah. calm down yeah. about but like how stupid is that? I mean, I guess we all make mistakes. Some people kiss incels. Some people like you know, <laughs> don't go to class. I mean, he's dead. She can oh move God. on with her life. But my God, it's the most right ham-fisted part of that that movie. I hated I it. Hated that part. Hated it. I was like, this hasn't been built into the story. This well, is just like a fan service for a bunch of yes. weirdos. And yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Okay, I didn't understand why he just kind of like disappeared at the end. Because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes Jedi do that when they die. Sometimes, oh. sometimes they but do. She sometimes healed they don't. Him. I, he, well, but no, he healed her, and I oh, guess oh. used he, up all of his. Oh. The idea, to, I think. It, there's no they good reason. Imply that the healing power is finite. Like yeah, basically, sure. it's the when your Ray, life force being transferred to somebody else. Yeah, when Ray yeah. heals this the sand snake or whatever it is earlier, she she says that she gives part of her life force to it. Oh, so, yeah. okay, I missed that. And then it's not very. It's just really quick. They, like, miss it. It's not very. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep. That was the early part and of the, the Jedi. So <laughs> the Jedi disappear. They're they're going to like another plane of existence, which is why you see these care like characters coming back in sort of like ghostly form. They're yeah. not totally ghosts. Uh, they still have the like they force. actually exist in sort of like this weird. I forget the name of it, but like this other like Jedi spectral realm thing. Um, yeah, become one with the Force. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, we should talk about that. I about the relationships in Star Wars in general. And this was this goes into one of my great problems with this movie. A lot of it felt like Abrams 
and Kennedy um, were Kathleen Kennedy were more concerned than they should have been with the negative reaction to Last Jedi. Um, I don't know if it was I, just them. I think it might have just been Disney and they went over Abrams' head because he talked about wanting to do well, things said, like yeah, Poe and Finn. Said, yeah. And Kennedy. Yeah, Kathleen Kennedy, who, who, I, who I defend a lot, but in this case, uh, Kathleen Kennedy is Disney's representative. She is the Kevin okay. Feige of Star Wars. Okay, thank so you. So she is, yeah, she is, um, she is Disney's, uh, I, think she, I think she has a vice presidential role, but she is in charge of the Star Wars division in the same way that Kevin Feige is in charge of the Marvel Films division. Oh, okay. okay, so um, so she's J.J. Abrams' boss on this mm-hmm. movie. Um, and it felt like they were more concerned than they should have been with some of the negative backlash to Last Jedi. Um, Johnson was trying interesting things. He still appears to have their um, their faith. J.J. Um, Abrams was not supposed to direct this direct this movie. Colin Trevorrow was supposed to direct this movie. Um, he got fired when they felt like he was taking too big swings, and they not said exactly what he wanted to do. But they're like, "Oh, he was trying to do too much." And Johnson did a bunch, so I don't know. Well, and then they, I mean, to be they, fair, Colin, he, his movies are terrible, and Daisy really said that she cried when he told her his plans for Ray. Fair enough, but uh, but but I mean, but we don't know what he. I, I don't know what those plans were. I, I do know that people didn't like what he wanted to do. So the problem, the point is, things when when you're saying things like seems like JJ was doing like the movie was rushed and JJ was doing things at the last minute. He was because they had to make a date. Like that's the, we just know that to be true. Um, but the fan servicey. Oh, and now we've got to have Kylo kiss, or I'm sorry, I guess he's been by then. But Kylo and, and, and Ray Kiss felt so much like, a, well, we just outsourced this writing to an Internet chat room. And, you know, and, yes. and, and here's and here's what we got. Yeah. And, and so it like, does not speak what? for the last it's hour of the movie. Yeah, no it felt so much like the force, like Natalie Portman, Anakin Skywalker romance mm-hmm. that had no chemistry whatsoever. Yeah, and other than the fact that people have been drawing pictures of them on on uh, of them kissing and or more in you know on deviant art for the last couple of years, I don't know why that's in the movie. Right, that's I just I don't like. Yeah, you got to see them kiss. It seemed awkward. I was just like, you. I don't. And and was- I felt. Yeah, it, it, just, it did not work for me. I'm choosing so to read it as a pity kiss because she knew he was going to die. I, I, she, she I'm choosing to read it that way. Even then, it's it like even oh, it's then, it's like not in her character. Oh, it's gross! I don't know. I understand it. I don't like it. I'm very mad about it. I'm I'm choosing. I like the movie overall, so I'm choosing to compartmentalize because it's not Game of Thrones. Like. <laughs> FU to its character's dad in the same way. Yeah, that's that's the part that like if I watch it on DVD, I will just skip that scene and pretend <laughs> it's not there. I will I will self I will edit it myself yep, and then just take that it. part out. Well, yep. so we had we had similar relationship problems. Everybody knows if you've listened to the show and heard me talk about Star Wars before, you've heard me talk about the one true ship of this movie is obviously Finn and Poe. Finn and Poe are meant to be together. <laughs> Poe yes. is my favorite character by far. <laughs> um, Poe is also like, can we just talk about Poe? Poe is like the most eye candy of this movie. It's great. He was. <laughs> he was real kind of sexy, actually. He's so yeah. adorable. Yeah. And he's wildly oh, he's inconsistent. So adorable. Well, he's, he's, he's new Han Solo. Like, yeah, yeah, he's new yeah, Han, yeah. Other, Well, that was the thing. In the first movie, he's just new Han Solo. And the second movie, they kind of try to make him like his. I think all three movies, he has inconsistent writing. Oscar Isaacs is great. Oscar Isaacs, the actor, is doing everything he can no, in, order bring, in order to bring the character of Poe to life. Oh, okay. but I think that the plot that they give him in in Episode Seven, Episode Eight, and Episode Nine serves the characters in weird different ways to where I like like he's just 
like he's he's barely in seven by the way like he, like he's, he's in the beginning mm-hmm. and then mostly thought to be dead for most of the movie and then he mm-hmm. comes back at the end he's he was he's, originally he's, supposed to die and then he asked gg yeah. to resurrect his character Fun yeah. fact. so he yeah so he's yeah he's um yeah he oh, he basically okay. got lucky you know because huh. they like they, they like would have been Oscar a now. mistake because he's the adorable one yeah let's, yeah. let's let's point out the fact that um episode Seven is about Poe and Finn meeting. Episode eight is about Poe and Finn learning to trust each other. And episode nine <laughs> is about Poe being jealous for most of the movie because Finn has something to tell Ray. So he's Which he never tells her. Tells her. And then yeah. they become partners in the end as generals. They do. And then it's there's a, that three way hug, which is like right. That's how I'm fixing it. What Steph just said. There's that three-way hug. So that lasted a long time. Yeah. So here, here's because because like I get that I get that the that episode seven wants you to see Ray at, like from a narrative norm, heteronormative viewpoint. Episode seven wants you to see Ray and Poe as a as a potential couple. It's wrong because obviously the chemistry between Poe and Finn is so much like oh take my jacket no you keep it oh my god it just chills even thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to rewatch that. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm writing my slash fic right okay. now. Like, and there's been a lot of it, right? Like they, like, I don't, I don't know how long the trip. Look forward to the future yeah. Fox podcast publishing label. Yeah. I don't know how long that trip on that TIE fighter is before they crash land. I'm just saying stuff happened, you know, like, you know, sometimes a man takes the needs of, an, of his fellow man. It just, he didn't just give him that jacket is what is all I'm saying. So, so he, earned it. They, he earned that jacket. So, the, so they've got this relationship. Right. And then there's, and then there's like, like it, it gets complicated by episode eight where they bring in this Rose character who is Finn's new love interest for reasons. I don't know. I actually like, yeah, I, I like Rose. I really Rose. Weird. I, that, they have no chemistry. I like Rose. Her as a character, no, definitely. She has, she has no chemistry. Yeah. What Hannah just said, she has no chemistry with John Boyega at all. Um, I like her character. Yeah, I like her and character. My least favorite thing, my possibly my She's least so favorite cute. thing about episode nine is they gave her nothing yes, to do. Yes, she yes. does not need to be in that movie yes. at all. Other more, than the we fact needed that, more Rose. Yeah. Other than the fact that like, JJ Abrams didn't want to take the the backlash of not including her because she has no purpose in episode in, in episode nine. She's just standing around. She's mm-hmm. a glorified extra. Rose has nothing to do. She's only there because they don't want to get rid of Kelly Marie Tran. And it really irritates me because they're like, oh, we've got to go on our secret Ray mission. And Ray's like, I've got to go alone. And then Finn says, yes, alone with friends. And, and Oscar Isaac's Poe is like, yeah, we're going with you. And then all of a sudden, um, Rose walks o- over and, and Finn's like, Finn's, no, no, Finn <laughs> says, are you coming too? And Rose is like, no, I'm staying here because the plot doesn't need me. And I'm just like, what the <laughs> fuck, lady? Like, she, like she, she's like, General Leia wants me to do stuff. And then you don't see her again for like 45 minutes. And I'm just like, I think this is, this is a gross misuse of her. But I think part of that is because Carrie Fisher died. So they kept her and Maz and a couple of like characters we recognized yes. around yeah. to react to like what's yes. going on with Carrie Fisher. We should talk about that yeah. in a moment too. Yeah. But like, but like, so then, but let's, let's stay with the, with the Poe Finn love story because they go off on this mission, which is stupid because the mission, and here's what I don't like about it. The plot of this is we have our episode on JJ Abrams mystery boxes. The plot of this is we need to find the mystery box that will lead us to the next, to the mystery box that will lead us to the mystery box that will lead us to the mystery box that will lead us to Palpatine. <laughs> That's the plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. It is, I would enjoy the fuck out of this if this were a video game where I was in control because it's just going on one quest. Yeah, one quest to make the next quest to make the next quest to make the next quest. But 
particularly the second time through, it was really evident to me that, oh my God, they're just trying to find the guy that will lead them to the knife, that will lead them to the box, that Kylo is going to crush anyway, that will lead them to the stage advice of Luke Skywalker, that will lead them to the other box, that will lead them to the Emperor. And I guarantee you, if it hasn't already been in the works, there's a video game of this movie. I was just about to ask that. (laughs) At least that... That plot that arc, I mean, will probably feel a lot more genuine and compelling in the format of a video game than as a movie. Yes, right. I was thinking. Yeah. Yes, and that, and and so I had. That. But anyway, back to. And that's actually something that started. Oh, like Josh has something of, to say. Oh, go ahead. Oh, Josh uh, has a thing. Uh, for me, this is the most, and there are a lot of video game moments, but the most video game for me was when Ray heals this force snake. It moves mm-hmm. out of the way, and look, yep. the exit to the level is right in front yep. of you. Yep. Yeah, yes. it was. Yep, yep. absolutely. Like, was that was the so that like the snake thing. The snake thing will totally be the tutorial stage for how the fuck to use that power. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's like we fell into the, we fell into the stand into quicksand and end up on another level because I like quicksand doesn't quicksand doesn't work like that. I mean, I in, in movie quicksand doesn't usually work like that. Movie quicksand is usually um you but know This is fan- this is fantasy Star Wars quicksand. Yeah, and you yeah. you end it's a up in the field. Which they yeah, reference whatever. it's a reference yes. to like the Force That's Awakens. It's really like okay. a, a 70s kind of like reference. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm fine with that. But but they but they basically fall into the under level and then you heal the snake and you escape the under level. Yeah. Like there's no so I'm like, she so should regain point like, Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because okay, so anyway, so so Poe and Finn basically on that mission while they're on the sand planet, like they don't really matter. They're just there so that we can get to the point where Poe can 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 introduce everybody to Carrie Russell so that we know that he's not gay. And I'm like, fuck you. To be (laughs) fair, we don't know that now he's just by. Yes, yeah, yeah, but but, yeah. but but clearly it was just straightened up okay, Poe yeah. because she oh, has absolutely. no she has no point there's no reason to go there. There what they discover is okay, we need to get the information out of 3PO's head. How are we going to do this? And they're like, well, can we well what do we do? And they're like, Well, I know some criminals. No, you know Rose and R2D2. And can R2D2 hack hack 3PO's head? Yes, because he does it 15 minutes later in the movie. Like, like they yeah. erase the, and and it's like, oh, we'll erase 3PO's memory. And he has his big sacrificial moment. And he's like, well, what if can't R2 restore it? And he's like, ah, probably not. But then R2 restores it in then, three seconds. R2 to, to hacks, be fair. Right. To be fair. The other reason to go and introduce Carrie Russell's character, and I'm not saying this is well done or that it like is a good enough reason, but I think both Carrie Russell's character, Zori, and Jana, um, and the other like stormtroopers who like defect and are on the indoor system plant with the cool horses, um, is to introduce like new characters horses. who like hate the Empire to like lead to mm, some like the yes. named yeah. characters who like you semi might care about at the yeah. end battle. Yes, they, they represent. But, but they the she seems like a cool character, right? Yes, and she also they're, seems they're like they're a cool character with a cool story. They're not well done. And if there's not a movie about her, I will be very annoyed. No, there'll be a comic book. That's Hard the thing. Rose. It was a commercial for like also all this stuff. Is, yes. all this stuff is just commercials. All of that section is just commercials for toy lines and comic books that aren't going to have moved because like you have but Terry Russell. Star Wars. All yeah, Star no, Wars yeah, is yeah, 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 yeah. But, it, but Absolutely, it felt, yeah. All of Star Wars always has been a toy, a toy commercial. It just felt heavily handed into toy commercial land because as soon as you meet Zori, she goes away.
way. Like she's literally just there for Poe to flirt with. And, and, you know, I mean, and by the way, Carrie yeah, Russell yeah, Ray to flirt with. in that, yeah, in that, in that costume. Right. But she's like, or maybe it was a body double. <laughs> no, no, no. Carrie Russell was a very attractive woman. Um, and that's, and, and, you know, like, and, and it was just like a lot of Poe going, Hey, you know, while we're waiting for them to erase my droid, want to go fuck, you know? <laughs> and, and she's like, nah. And, but like, I thought she was teasing. I don't know. It seemed like there was a lot I, of mutual I, I, flirtation I ship, yeah. going on there. Because she was like, come I, with me. I ship Ray and Zora. Okay. Zori, uh, and Zora. Zori, Zori, Carrie Russell. Zori, so whatever. Finn, yeah. Finn, so, like, look, Finn is trying to talk to Ray and Poe's upset and he's jealous. So he's flirting with Zori to, like, yes. get Finn's attention. That's right. all that is. It's a very complicated, I'm, like, poly love triangle okay, situation. I seriously I have am, to watch it again. I am fine. Well, I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, I think Hannah's <laughs> adding to it, but I, but I accept Hannah's head canon because yeah, well. it makes the movie work better right. for me. Then they go back and, and like that's we how have it our big been. war, right? They we have our big war, and then all of a sudden it's like like Poe never tells Ray he loves her. Poe Finn never tells Ray he loves her, mm-hmm. and I'm fine. But because, maybe that's not what he was going to say anyway. Well, then, no, but see, it is because we'll never without know. an explanation, that. JJ like JJ wrote this movie. He could have had him say, "Oh no, I just meant to tell you you left the oven on." Like I, I don't know, <laughs> like like he, he loves her because she's his best friend, and the force brought them together. No, he loves her. He loves her because he loves her, and he also loves and he also loves um, Poe. And he had, he needs to have a really difficult. Uh, yeah, maybe that's what he was going to say. About how I have to I, tell you that I really love Poe. Well, no, I think he has to. Ha- I think he's he's. I don't know. I love you. I love Poe. What do we do? <laughs> and then they have a conversation. Of, no, it's okay because love a is a mutable thing where we can all work together. And, and, and they, they did apply that they had the the female female kiss at the end too. Yes, you saw that. Yeah, there's yeah, I, I, and that, that was, was a thing. Yeah. That was that was like ham fisted queer baiting. I like, that I'm and like, the like the gay character at the beginning of Endgame are Disney's ways of like acknowledging the LGBTQ community yes, without care. actually making a main right. character. Without actually, right. which like which like the cast and like JJ that- Abrams and other people want Finn and Poe to be together, but Disney's mm-hmm. cowardly. Yes, they are. But yeah, that's and and that's that's the problem. So they but, you know they forced, yeah, I, they forced I, it, and it's like I don't care. Just so, I, so in my in my head, there's a threesome after that. <laughs> right, that's what I'm saying. I think what we've agreed on is that the the, the excessively long three way hug at the end is 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 implicit. But look, the thing I like about um, the end of this movie is that you can imagine the characters going off on loads of adventures together, having fun, having like meaningful relationships that we all know are there, and mm-hmm. like nothing is like shut down because like the the awful toxic heterosexual relationship is dead. Sure. I mean, and yeah, I would have loved dead. it better if they would. Yeah, but I mean, I, wait, I don't want to talk there, about the real tragedy, uh, the real Blair? tragedy uh, of this movie, which is what there's a new droid. Yeah, what's his name? Does virtually nothing. Oh, he does yeah. something. He does something. He remembers. No, he where, does. Yeah. But like, think about how beloved characters such as like. Like okay, I hate three PO, but because three PO is supposed to be annoying as hell. But like BB eight, BB eight is adorable and amazing, and has all kinds of little quippy one liners. I mean, by quippy one liners, I mean beeping. But we have a new little dude who like gets thirty seconds, barely a name, and is so adorable. Why is adorable? Why is this not a central character? Because let's talk about how cute Star Wars is, and the best Star Wars is cute Star Wars. They need a new toy. Like, I, I know, but I want that toy, but I also want that toy to have a meaningful backstory. So, <laughs> what does he do? was abused? So he's mystery box number four. What? He's, he, he's mystery he gave, box number four. Yeah. He just happens to be on the show. Yeah, he, he gave what? 
He gave some coordinates. He gave. Okay. Okay. He gives. Well, no, he doesn't give them the coordinates. So, but he gives them the basically the outline of all of the different, like the specs of everything that's on. What is it? The fucking planet's name is uh, Exegol. Exegol. Yeah, Exegol. Thank you. I keep wanting to call it Exeter, which is not not correct. But yeah, he gives them like a bunch of like plans of the ships and I think like the fleet and everything. But they still have to follow Ray for the actual coordinates. I think, or at least a pathway through it. Mm, He was on the ship Um, when Ray's parents were going there or something. Which also, why don't they have him translate the three PO message thing? Plot convenient. I mean, like again, there's no right. The okay. entire three PO forgetting thing. It's just a side quest. It's just a what side is, quest that needs to happen. What does Dio even and do? Like, what is his purpose? He's not an astromech droid. He's not a protocol droid. He just exists as like a droid, like a toy. Yeah. He has no yeah, purpose. He's a toy. He's, he's a cute. toy to buy. He's, he's so, so cute. I, I did appreciate that character. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, he's so back. cute. I also like his little no thank you thing. And I'm yeah. like, oh, they're so thank cute. You. Yeah, how he was abused, apparently. That's yeah. very sad. Can we, can we talk about cute Star Wars and how awesome the Porgs are and how... Yes, I love the porg cameo. The porg cameo was deeply meaningful to me. Also, I love the little two like mouse rabbit things that just like frame a shot in the beginning. <laughs> I forget which planet they're landing on, but those are adorable. You know what I'm talking desert. about, Hannah? Hannah? Yeah, those are so cute. Also, and I uh, realize that everyone's flipping out. Wicked the yeah, Ewok was a, back. Yeah, there was an Ewok cameo at the end. Yes, mm-hmm. that was uh, that was great. Like those are the kinds of fan service things that I kind of appreciate. It's sort of like yes, mm-hmm. like the Ewoks were like a beloved childhood thing for me. So I'm like yeah. having a little Ewok cameo at the end. I'm like, ugh. I want to. I want to talk about how like so many people and like Katya has unfortunately and Josh has had to sit through this rant before. In fact, Josh is just kind of like pulling up a chair and is like, go ahead, go off camera. Um, <laughs> people always are like, the, the Ewoks and the Porgs were only created to make toys. Okay, well, so were like the ships, everybody. First of all. Second of all, the lightsabers. Yeah, the lightsabers toys. exist to be toys. Before, before we're done today, one is a child. Before we're done today, I have a comment about one of the ships I need to make, but Hannah, do your cute. Thank you. And, um, <laughs> Look, like they're like, oh, like they're just here to, to make toys. But you know what? Like George Lucas slash people who expanded on his world are like creating a whole world. And you know what are in ecosystems? Ugly things, cute things, menacing things, small things. Like it makes sense to have cute animals exist in Star Wars. Also, we and also all of Star Wars is a giant commercial, as we've yeah. mentioned. So like yeah. the idea that like I mean, we're also talking about this in the in the in the weird backlash which i still find really weird against baby yoda and people yes. clipping out about baby yoda is horrible because no they're wrong. marketing and i'm like <laughs> they're they are clearly wrong baby yoda is the baby only thing is horrible i want i want to say that like there's apparently like a subset of the internet that's complaining because apparently it's like i i think basically it's it's not it's not sufficiently heteronormatively masculine be, to have cute things is basically the subtext yeah well uh, okay if you go listen to episode 72 uh, of this show the power of cuteness you'll hear more about this but in that episode we talk about how like cute helps us understand how power can be in mm. things that we don't traditionally see as powerful. And I think that, okay, I, I want to acknowledge that the Ewoks have some really bad stereotypes associated with them and the way George Lucas uh, and actually like creators who expand the universe continue to create things uh, in Star Wars is like problematic mishmashes of other cultures. So I understand that. But the Ewoks also like in many ways are anti-colonial they push back against the bear. In fact, the only time I cried in the original trilogy was when one of the Ewoks dies and his friend like tries to wake him up. Um, yeah, like, 
like there's like we assume technology is powerful we assume that like you know you have to be a physically a certain way very masculine and cute as we talked about associated with the feminine and the ewoks have a different kind of technology and so there's this kind of narrative but on like also like in this movie bb8 like is obviously a super cute character in fact i own the bb8 toy that like you can control like never underestimate a droid exactly never underestimate a droid and like the porgs like you know they, they like all do like these very specific interesting things like the crystal foxes who don't get enough credit in the last jedi they help show mm-hmm. the way out so there's all these moments of like power and cute and also like you know like star wars like we said is wacky it's, Star Wars is only I think it's lost. also going back to what we're talking about, like the power of cute, and like uh, in our previous episode, it's like the backlash against things like Baby Yoda and the cute stuff is also often coming from the same kinds of arguments of people that got that got pissed off that Ray is a woman, right? Is. And like basically the idea that like you can't have a protagonist Jedi, even though there's all, there's like been female Jedi in the background before, and you see them but, like, like the, the idea that yeah. Right, but the idea that like you can't have a female Jedi as a protagonist, and it has nothing to do with the universe of Star Wars or anything like that. It has purely to do with a particular subset of nerddom having their heteropatriarchal like panties in a twist. And I want also fun fact about female Jedi: if you like do any of the expanded universe stuff, um, when like Rey is asking the Jedi to be with her, uh, you hear the voices from some of the characters, both male and female. Um, from like the Clone Wars like TV series, um, as yeah, well as like Obi Wan and, and Anakin. I think Mace Windu's in there somewhere too. He is, yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like all like they really did a nice job, I think, of paying like homage to like the prequels and like the expanded universe TV series in really subtle ways, so that you don't have to like have a subscription to Disney Plus or whatever, um, like you will for like some of the Marvel TV shows to understand the new Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it was a nice thing for the fans, which I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. fans are still waiting for some acknowledgement that they exist in the actual MCU. They don't anymore. Yeah, they're wrong. <laughs> it's, it's, it's over. I think I agree with pretty much all of that. I There were there, there was a lot of of embracing, I think, even though I'm being hard on Abrams for removing the elements of The Last Jedi, which I liked, which were again, I like I liked Rose as a character and I loved what what Johnson, what Ryan Johnson did with Ray. And I I was hard on it because of that. I do think he tried to do he did he did feminism in the J.J. Abrams way, right? This is still the guy who wrote Felicity. This is still the guy who wrote Alias, mm-hmm. and and mm-hmm. and Ray very ah. much seems in that mold. Like mm-hmm. that, it is like like I don't want to yeah. I don't want to hammer him too much because he was doing he was trying to make a positive, strong female protagonist in the mold of how J.J. Abrams does that. I just happened to find what Ryan Johnson was doing more interesting. So I was sad to see that taken away. So I will say, I will yeah. say like, um, J- like the last Jedi, uh, I've come around to Josh's point of view. He's doing really interesting things that push the characters to the limit. And I really love last Jedi for that. And the Porgs, mm-hmm. the actual plot of last Jedi Porgs. for the most part is very weak. It, it like on rewatch. It's, it's, it's this is, movies. this is, Glued together, yeah. This is totes and non sequitur, but I also just love that porgs exist because puffins would refuse to fuck off on that island. Yeah, good for the <laughs> puffins. It's yeah. it's like the best. It's like the best reason to have porgs. Yes, for for, for puffins. Like I don't, don't care know. about your movie. Yeah, they were filming. There were birds all over the place. They couldn't get them. They they couldn't get them to leave. There were just too many puffins all mm. over the filming location. 
So they CGI'd over them because they, could, oh, they couldn't get rid of them. That's so interesting. Just, and, they had to write, and they wrote them into the story. They're uh-huh. just like, I don't know. What the fuck? And, and it turned out to be great. Yes. And then they sold a billion dollars with toys uh-huh. based on them. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I do it wanna... also goes to Hannah's point that cute, tiny things exist everywhere. And, you, and right. sometimes mm-hmm. they, you know, they're very they like to get in your face. They're powerful. They're adorable. They cost probably thousands and thousands of dollars in CGI because they're just like, I don't care about your movie. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. a puffin. <laughs> the puffins cast Fuck themselves you. in Star Wars, which is more than most of us yes. have managed to do. Yeah. Josh, Good job, puffins. Josh, does your point fit in here or should I segue into the Leia stuff? You want to talk about ships? Oh, yeah. I just I had I had, I had one one major like my overall biggest issue with this new movie is in the last last act of the movie. There's a there, there's a lot of there's a space battle going on. A lot of ships. Ray arrives in Luke's original X-wing. Kylo Ren or Ben Solo arrives in a Tie Fighter from the second Death Star. They land. There's a nice little nostalgic shot of an original X-wing and a Tie Fighter next to each other. They use the wrong call sign for Luke's X-wing. They call him Rogue Five. <laughs> he, he was promoted to oh, yeah, Rogue, he was that. promoted to Rogue Leader. I mean, I mean, Red, no, Red Leader, Red Leader in Empire. And then the Tie Fighters famously do not have hyperdrives. So how did Ben Solo fly a Tie Fighter across the galaxy? The Force was with him. Leia used her powers. Uh, yes, yeah, the Force, the force happens. For me, this just sums up. It's a great little nostalgic shot, but for me, it sums up the problem with the movie. It's just lazy writing and bad continuity, but very yeah. fun and nostalgic. And yet, not as bad continuity as Vincent. Like Star Wars is at its core, like nostalgia porn is a big part of it. Sure. And like nostalgia will always like like I think it's like the Star Wars writing process. Nostalgia always trumps continuity. Yes. And that would that one that gets me into what I want to be, you know, for a big point for me. Um, (laughs) And this is not their fault. I cannot blame. I cannot blame Abrams for this. I cannot blame Kennedy for this. Unfortunately, Carrie Fisher died pretty, pretty much for all reasons, because Carrie Fisher was a national treasure. So it's just unfortunate that she died in general, but she died. And I don't know that they had a win, a winning solution. There's nothing. There was no good way around this because people did shit all over Rogue One for for the way that um, that Grandma Parkin appears at Peter Cushing appears as Grandma Parkin. I wasn't one of them, but I understand that people didn't like it. Um, I did not like like I saw people. I saw people saying, oh, well, they did really a really well. Good job of shooting around her. No, they didn't. It was so. I've, again, I've seen it twice. First night I saw it in IMAX. The second night with Stephanie, I saw it just in, in a standard theater. Um, she is disturbing looking in IMAX. In IMAX, she is clearly yeah. shot on a different film stock than 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 the rest of the characters around her, mm-hmm. and so it's very clear that she is digitally pasted into scenes in an off-putting kind of way. But that goes away when you view it regular. Or I don't know if Stephanie noticed it. Um, what bothered me about it is all of her scenes are people saying very stilted and very weird dialogue to set up a, a question that they had Carrie Fisher's voice answering so that the back of Leia's head can say something. And it was awkward and it, and it was, and it kept dragging. And I know, I know she's dead and it's, I miss her too, but you know, it dragged me out of the movie a lot to where when they finally, when everybody leaves on the roseless mission, I'm, I'm like, <laughs> good, we can be away from her for a while. But then they kept finding. Excuses I guess that didn't to cut bother me that much. It didn't bother me either. Really, it bothered, it bothered, it bothered me, me a lot. I think especially, <laughs> I guess because for me, it's like, like, I, like, 
Yeah, for me, it's like I noticed that. But like, I guess for me, it's also I mean, this goes back to the nostalgia problem is it's like for me, it's like I like I one. Yeah. Miss Carrie Fisher as like a human being and an, act, an actress in the universe. But also like for me, like Princess Leia was like when I was a kid was like, mm-hmm. despite the fact that she's always getting saved and everything was like a really iconic like character of my childhood. So just like the fact that she's in there and she's a general. I think it's like I'm willing to give a lot of pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted her to do more as a general. Yeah, but she couldn't. She's I know. That's a not an option. But they were going to save her for the third. Like the original plan was Han's big move was going to be the first one. Luke's was the second one, and Leia's was the third one. And like I know they didn't plan a lot of things out, but they had that planned out, and they yeah, were that pretty was upset about that. And, and then she I, died. And then she died. And it. I mean, obviously, I'm very sad for all the reasons everyone else has said. But I told Josh when we got out of The Force Awakens that what I really wanted at the end of Star Wars to have Leia be like powerful and there and be a Jedi master and for us to like see like that aspect that they, you know, hinted at, at Return of the Jedi, but we didn't get to see a lot. And I think that like they did the best they could to like realize the vision they had of her with what they had. And so mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. I'm, it, it, it does look weird, but I think if you go in with like that understanding and the desire to like see some narrative, cause you know, like also like even though Leia is getting safe, she also like has a versatile skill set and actually like the original Star Wars series has a better feminism. Absolutely. And I think like what I think like, the cool thing about these movies is that it kind of like fixes the issues I had with the very original ones because it's like they are still artifacts of their own time, even though in many respects they were much more feminist and progressive than a lot of films. <laughs> also, <laughs> Wait, she, okay. She, she she means Jabba the Hutt. Oh, <laughs> yeah. She's okay. also, she's yep, also the best good. shot in the in, in episode four in the original yeah. Star Wars movie. Yeah. Of the three of them, she's easily the best shot. Yeah, it's just such a shame um, that she passed away because they could have done, she could have been like I this know. really cool, powerful general at the end. Yeah. And that's what I wanted to see too. Yeah. And, and, and again, that's yeah. not their fault. I understand understand that but i can the past that like hannah's giving in the past which i think she, i think hannah's right to right like like it's unfortunate and if you go in understanding she can't do yeah, that much yeah. because carrie fisher is dead in real life they're only having so much they can do with it if you go in with that understanding i am willing to like i love these movies enough that i'm willing to give that pass but i'm also a guy watching the movie in the current context just a guy that, sure. it, that, that like knowing that i saw it opening night because knowing that right mm-hmm. if i approach this as a film critic who should be able to watch this movie in 2042 just as easily as he can in 2019 mm-hmm. then it seems weird it wouldn't hold up it, yeah, yeah it, it, it's a no, weird totally. moment and that and that's and 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 it's going to be and that's unfortunate because if i don't yeah. know the historical concept context that carrie fisher died mm-hmm. then i can't give I, that pass to it yeah i so will say what, i do appreciate yeah. in the end it takes two generals to fill leia's shoes yeah with three because lando shows up too oh that's I true mean, yeah yeah so it, and it's fine you i mean need, like I, yeah you need three yeah. dudes to sort of do the job of leia and why yeah, are not generals I, if they're flying if they're like in the fleet at the next because yeah. they need it because they need all hands on deck because it's why all can't they just be admirals yeah. <laughs> I, I like well, I, I liked it. I I I did like again. We talked about Oscar Isaac being 
probably the best actor in this movie. Um, him sitting there and talking to Leia's corpse, like that was a real scene. I I, I think that he does his yeah. best to be mm-hmm. in a real movie for this movie, yeah. in a way that like um, I think I don't think anybody's bad in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I thought a lot of it was just rushed, and a lot of it was just relying on me as a Star Wars fan to fill in gaps. Yeah. Um, to, I mean, we talked about it being a toy commercial. Um, I don't know why Jana exists at all in this movie, other than Josh's point to like show you that there's, you know, there are people in this universe who are rising up. Because I, did, I she, did read a, I did read some spoilers. But finish your point. I, I think like she clearly exists to me. She exists in this movie to get me to read tie-in novels and comic books later because she she like so here's here, so they meet her she doesn't help them get to the death star wreckage because ray leaves without them i mean she helps ben but like ray rayleigh's without them and then the next time we see her she has joined them going back to we didn't know because we don't see her get off the falcon but apparently she came back to rebel base with them correction and she does and do then, one thing and then she's and then she helps finn like she she because she helps no, no, no. destroy it no, no. there is a very important thing that that her and her crew does do so they mentioned this they go to jam their communications they can't because they're riding horses oh yeah 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 but i'm talking i haven't gotten there yet like but they they accompany finn and poe back from uh from the the not forest moon of Endor. I can't remember which moon it was called, but it doesn't matter. It's, they, it's, it's the Endor system. I think it's the planet yeah. that the Endor moon it's the, orbits. I think that is yeah. that, that is where they are. No, it, it's no, it, it's it's another moon. It's the ocean moon of Endor, but it, they gave it a name. The 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 forest moon of Endor's name is also Endor, and this had a different name. It doesn't matter. But they accompany her back from. The, she she apparently gets gets on the Falcon with her crew. Um, you know, fine. We didn't see it, but fine. And then the next time you see her, she's doing what Katia just said, which is you know her and her horses are 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 being the ground troop. Great, except that like I don't like all of that happens off screen. And then the next interesting thing she does is when when Finn's going to give his heroic sacrifice. No, Rose, you guys go back to the ship. I'm staying here in order to blow up the thing. And then she's like, no, not alone. I'm staying with you. And I'm like, why? You just met him yesterday. You don't owe this man anything. Because she used to be a trooper and she wants to stick it to the shitty people. Just just to jump in. So, Mm -hmm. Mav, one of the things you said at the beginning was that Star Wars spoilers are are like, people are really bad about it. So there were a lot Mm -hmm. of leaks around the this episode nine production and about three months ago, some, some leaks came out and apparently the Jonna character was originally, well, let me, so, so we meet Lando and he's talks about, he's been on this desert planet forever. Apparently mm-hmm. in that scene, he used, he was originally supposed to say something like I had a child and she was kidnapped and my child was kidnapped. And okay. then with nothing further. Yeah. And when he's so, like, where yes. are you from? And she's like, so I don't know. know. I have to like, let's find out. Because I asked, I asked Mav at that point, what does he mean by that? And Mav's like, oh, I have, I have, no, I have no idea. idea. But now so that makes of, sense. There are a lot of yeah. fan theories that, that, um, I kind of jumped into it that there was supposed to be something there, but yeah, I thought he was, was flirting with her, but a lot of, it, 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 it was weird. There were a lot of fan theories that John Boyega's character, what Finn was Lando's son. And people said, no, that's just stupid. You can't have the two black characters in the universe. Being related, they added a, so they so, added a uh, third one. Uh, there was, there's there's some postulating that this was like a, a meta joke that Finn. Oh, he's a stormtrooper. Lando's son was kid. Lando's child was kidnapped. 
maybe maybe they're related. And then there's another character later in the movie who turns out to be Lando's daughter. And that that okay. might that would, that, that would explain that final scene but where Lando was like, hey, let's go find your yeah, family. That would John kind of where did they leave somehow. that scene in? But you know, Jonna yeah. and Rose actually yeah. have way more character development in this series, even though like they only are featured for one movie each, than Wedge and Tilly's gets the entire original trilogy. So like but they brought sure. him back for this one. He gets one second. They did give him one second. Um <laughs> I do. Okay, he I think, be a general too. By the way, I think that by the way, we are we are talking a lot about a lot of things. Um, <laughs> so maybe we should figure out a way to wrap up this monstrous episode. Yeah. yeah. Have we learned anything? Well, I don't know if we've learned anything. I don't know that we've resolved anything. We've resolved nothing. So I, I think one uh, my my thing would be here's what I gave it when I I gave it two stars out of five, and I have a very specific idea of what a two star movie is, which is to say that to me a two star movie is not necessarily good. Um, it's not necessarily bad. I didn't give it one star. I think a two star movie is a movie that if you are a fan of this franchise, a long standing fan of this franchise, you're not gonna you're not gonna be mad seeing this. I I think that anybody who is angry that this movie exists is overreacting because there are some there are some people out there. I I oh, I sure yeah. I don't like in any of the critics who are like, oh, this ruined like this didn't ruin Star Wars. It's not particularly good. This is not um this is not the kind of movie that wins Oscars. It's not the kind of movie that you study in film classes. I will say the first Star Wars is the kind of movie that you study in a film class if you're going to be a student. Um, this leans into nostalgia. It you know it closes things off the best that they could under the circumstances of trying to meet a date under Terry Fisher, the prompt, the intended star of the film dying. It does what it can. I, I don't where I disagree with Hannah is I don't think it's as, it's as well a put together movie because as, it was rushed. Right? Yeah, but I don't think it's as well a put together movie mm-hmm. as in, as Endgame was. I thought they nailed the landing there better, but I don't think it's awful. It's better than better than Sith was. She's right. It's Sith is a horrible movie. Like I people I mean, only, I think at the people end only of the like day, that movie because it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. It's a it's a it's a fine. Movie. It gets better. It's it, it's not you know it's fine. It's you you know what are you gonna do? Not watch Star Wars? You can't do that. Seriously, what you, like you know. So yeah. I, I I guess. I mean, Josh, do you have any final thoughts? No, I was entertained. <laughs> okay, here I I want to say I want to say a final thing, which is that one uh, people should just stop being dicks about it. Um, it's okay to dislike it. It's okay to like have people enjoy it. It's not hurting you. It exists in the world. Also, secondly, I don't like we were I don't want to rank things. I don't I, I resist and refuse to give things a score because they're stupid. Like Ad Astra has like 80 something percent on Rotten Tomatoes last time I checked, and this has really? like 57. Yes, and it's a ter- mm-hmm. Ad Astra's a terrible it's movie. Awful. It's not fun. It's not even like a bad movie that's fun. It's just awful. And it basically takes the Luke and Vader relationship and turns it into what's supposed to be a serious movie. And then oh just no women and whatever. I'm over it. Um, actually, I really am <laughs> over that because yeah. Ad Astra is just bad, and I'm not going to think about it after this year. Um, but I think that, like, honestly, it's hard to rank the sequel trilogy as because I enjoyed all of them, but all of them have serious flaws because I think Disney rushed them, and I'm really kind of surprised. I know they wanted to return on the investment, but I'm surprised they didn't take some lessons from Marvel because, like, Marvel has put out a couple of mm-hmm. pretty awful movies, like The Dark World, but like they spent time building things up, and I think. That J.J. Abrams is competent enough that like this kind of turns out to be enjoyable and answers like 
questions to some degree that most people will be happy to just have an explanation. And, you know, he was a fan of Brian Johnson's film. He said yeah. that when he read it, he like was sad he wasn't going to direct it. Um, and I like Brian Johnson's and I look forward to like Brian Johnson's trilogy. But, you know, like, I think that people are expecting way too much out of Star Wars and hype up the original trilogy way too much. When Josh has actually rewatched them all, and Josh has convinced me that the only like really competent and flawless movie that stands on its own, and by flawless I'm being over dramatic about, is A New Hope. Like Empire would not right. be good according, according to the Star Wars, Wars scale. Like yeah, like Empire yeah, Empire would not be good if like New Hope and Return of the Jedi were not good. The prequel trilogy just has so many problems but you can still enjoy some of it like it's it, like it's fine like just let's enjoy star wars let's like take the best lessons from star wars and like you know do good and like and let's like let's let's, let's little girls play with jedi lightsabers and have star wars toys and that's definitely not a mention to like what i wanted as a child at all and isn't that what christmas is all about i mean what you want now as an adult <laughs> yeah no i, I just buy myself stuff now and I guess I'll just for as, as far as closing thoughts, I'll just reiterate kind of what I said at the beginning is it's like, I think I think this gets kind of both to Mavs and Hannah's points in a different way. It's like Star Wars isn't really a movie franchise in the typical sense. Like it's a cultural phenomenon and it's kind of its own beast. And so, like, I kind of yeah. agree with Hannah, like ranking it and rating it like I have a problem with because it's not really like when I, I like I get to Mavs, <laughs> I get Mavs point as like you know it should stand up in like you know 40 years or whatever but for what it is that's not exactly what it's made to do it's not really made to be a piece of film history it's made to be star wars which yes, is its, it's own a different kind of thing it's a different thing yes right it's a cultural phenomenon more than a movie franchise which i think is part of why which is part of why it can kind of get away with being the extended commercial is because the people who are really invested in star wars are also often invested in the extended universe Mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing like I was much more when I was into Lord of the Rings as a kid seeing it's for me it's much more like what experience of seeing the Lord of the Rings movies was because there was so many nods to things that you had no idea about unless you had like studied the books and all of the other nerd stuff that went with it and that's a different kind of movie than just a straight up film and also mm-hmm. no matter what this will never be as bad in franchise killing as Game of Thrones' final couple of episodes. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't want to relitigate Game of Thrones. It's Christmas. Come on. <laughs> um, but I do want to thank Josh and Stephanie for joining us. Thanks, guys. Okay, thank you for having us. Great time. We're going to hold you to that now. Uh, Merry Christmas to both of you. Anything to promote? So, yeah, I was going to promote something. Oh, I was going to promote like a Facebook site that I had. But then like I looked up the site and then apparently it has the same name as another. (laughs) So uh, I have to do something about that. first. (laughs) Yeah, Steph's never been able to plug something and she really wants to one day. So, (laughs) Uh, Josh, what about you? I just like to promote this delicious Toblerone I've been eating. Toblerone, the candy of Switzerland. Oh, it, it just say of Switzerland on the box. Yeah, it does. Okay. Uh, uh Hannah. Okay, so I have something real to promote for once in my life. Oh, really? Yay! Uh, my article um, on Jane Austen and Kant that you heard about on and off if you listen to the show finally came out in 18th century fiction. Um, one, you, and it came out on what day? Uh, Jane Austen's birthday. Yes. <laughs> um, so if you want to read about philosophy, That's so cool. 
Oh! If you want to read about philosophy in Austin's pump room, you can find it on Project Muse or on the 18th Century Fiction site. Um, if you don't want to read it, that's cool. Um, <laughs> you can instead leave us a five-star review on iTunes, I guess, or follow me on Twitter at Hanley Rogers, where I've been tweeting my most controversial Star Wars opinions um, and then telling people to don't have me. Since the dawn of time. <laughs> since the dawn of Twitter. <laughs> Uh, Katya, what about you? Uh, per usual, uh, if you really feel the need, you can follow me on Instagram at just that nerd kid. Um, very, very little Vox podcast content, but I guess if you like sewing and cute things, that's where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> and you can follow me on Twitter at Chris Maverick. You can read my blog at www.chrismaverick.com, though I've been really bad about updating it. You can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook all of those places at Vox Popcast. You can follow the show at www.voxpopcast.com where you can leave comments about our upcoming episodes. We've got some, you know, we've got some stuff we're going to be talking about the year in review and the decade in review. We're going to be doing our movie, our movie box office game again. A bunch of exciting stuff coming up. And then we've got some ideas for the new year. If you enjoy the show, please subscribe to us on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify or I think Pandora, wherever the hell you get podcasts from. And do us a favor. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes, on Apple Podcasts. Those help other people find the show. They make us more popular. It's Christmas. It's all we want. It will make me happy. God bless us, everyone. Is that Star Wars? No, it's Dickens. I don't know. Whatever. That's a um, Christmas Carol, which is basically <laughs> like a, also a speculative fiction. Yeah. Um, anyway... More than Star Wars. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas. I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank Maximilian of Thoughtform Music for our epic theme song, building ever so more epically and playing us out. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Did you hear a word I just said? I think what? I'm going to walk out with a laser sword and face down the whole First Order. What did you think was going to happen here? You think that I came to the most unfindable place in the galaxy for no reason at all? Go away.